Welcome to the Real Triathlon Podcast. I'm your host, Garrick Lowen, here with Nicholas Chase and Jackson Laundry. Welcome to the Real Triathlon Podcast. I'm your host, Garrick Lowen, here with Nicholas Chase and Jackson Laundry, as ever. We got some big news coming in out of the Ironman um, News Information Center. Well, the news is, guys, nothing good, of course. Two more races canceled, including Haines City, which was going to be our big old season ender, especially for you two guys, and that just sucks. So, and I'm pregnant. Uh, pretty much just as bad as news, so that would be. <laughs> so... Time to just train for what, boys? Like, I mean, I've still got one race. What are you guys thinking? I mean, it's got to be disappointing, but it's not like you didn't expect it. I always expect the unexpected. To <laughs> expect that expectation to happen. <laughs> Garrett? I think... <laughs> um, yeah, I, th- I think it wasn't... I was kind of, I thought I was prepared for it and it's something I kind of expected to happen. I was like, you know what? I was literally telling my girlfriend, I was like, I'm ready for this to get canceled like two days before, like they did in Texas. Um, Thankfully they gave us a bit more of a heads up, but I don't know. I think when I went into this block, I was like, you know, I'm going to use this as motivation to get back to training properly. And I guess I'm just going to keep pushing. Something will pop up. I might aim for a half marathon early season or something i even if there's something on the schedule gets me motivated that's good enough for me they can keep getting canceled as long as i keep training and it keeps you know keep putting that money in the bank that's what money money. (laughs) i'm gonna race myself and then i'm also going to pay myself so i will have a race (laughs) However, we are going for the KOM on Snow Canyon for Nick. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a, just a torturous 13-minute effort. I'm going to go about 10. Nick's going to draft. And now we really got to go for it because Nick doesn't have another race. So the pressure's on. I think we're going to have to get the race chains out and everything. I think, I think I'll even put on that motor I normally don't race with because it's <laughs> illegal. <laughs> yeah. I like this. You know, like I was saying before the podcast, guys, you got to get the trainer in the back of the truck and push it and drive it just fast enough to get that KOM. And that way you're still pushing power, but you're still going to take yeah. the surefire way of doing Game it. it. I like that idea. So race canceled. Also, Texas 70.3, Galveston, whatever, the one that all the dudes and fast people were going to race this past weekend got canceled. Within three days, ouch. Three I feel days. terrible for those guys and gals. A lot of them were just like packing up their stuff, ready to leave, and then canceled. Done. Or they woke up, eating their breakfast, expecting a nice morning, and then canceled. Yeah. Good old Iron Man. Yeah, I know a couple of people that were in the airport when it got canceled. Oh, brutal. At least they're not there. The one thing I was thinking for Haines City, if it's canceled when we're actually there, at least we just get a vacation. We're just, ah, we'll just hey, hang out a couple of days. But now we don't even get a vacation. It's just, just I know. Now we don't have to go to that shithole anyways. We can go someplace better. <laughs> True. That could, could be a play. What's so, better than Central Florida? Yeah, come on. Literally anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> come from a guy who used to live there. 
So, aside from depressing things, we got a cool race coming up that still isn't canceled. We think it'll happen, the PTO Championship. Well, and your Zwift race. Oh, well, yeah, my Zwift race. Oh, last week we got a – oh, man. Yeah, let's talk about last week. Yeah, let's uh, talk about what happened last week. Dolls well, we talk with yeah. Nick being your director there, screaming. We had some testicle, difficult, testicle difficulties. There was a bit of an issue with the connection situation. Ended up getting booted out of the first race after I had won one of the intermediate sprints. So I got three points. Probably cost me around 20 points-ish. So that was tough. And $25,000, of course. Definitely not. But it was a little mental hurdle to come over. But I was pretty much in last after that one. And then I did battle my way back into seventh on the day. So Because you came in what place in the second race? Like second race, I was third or fourth? second. And in the last race, I you was were fifth. fifth. So. so you fought i did fight back and i was happy to get it back to that so i'm sitting in fifth in the series going into the last day with a decent chance of getting up to fourth or third a technically possible but very unlikely chance of finishing second so i'm just trying to move up in some way try to get that hundred thousand dollar finish fit number yeah. one hundred thousand peso finish <laughs> will be great uh, but yeah i mean that's the way she goes i'm happy really happy with my legs i was getting some good sprints in there I think I'm set up nicely. Nick even upgraded his internet for me just so I can have a better race at the next one. And so I can watch videos at the same time. <laughs> that is a great director right there. Yeah, and it wasn't my fault, just for the record, because no, you made it seem like it was it my fault. It was not your fault. No, no, Nick was did. doing everything he could. He turned off everything. It was just bad luck, so way she goes. dug a trench of cable to connect to the new internet now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be good. Um, so that race first i don't know about you but every time i watch these races i get more and more emotionally invested in joe skipper <laughs> always does the dumbest things oh like come so on i'm gonna talk on the downhill into the finish here about 3k out and see how you shouldn't goes. read what he writes in the pen before oh, it's really so funny well, jackson was actually fighting back when Jack, when Jack was like, Jack said that he had a dropout, and then he commented, boo-hoo. <laughs> yeah, that was the best. Oh, and then I was like, don't worry about it. I'll still get you in the overall race. And yeah. I did. <laughs> yeah, because on the last race, or on the one with the, not the time trial, but the leg snapper, he went off the front, finally got a gap, and then he attacked the guy he was riding with. I think he was riding with Matt Hansen or something. No, it's Tim Reed, right? Yeah. It's always him and Reed there trying to stuff. Pack Tim Reed. I'm like, there's no chance of you staying away alone in this race. Yeah. Well, then he blamed Matt Hansen for pulling the group back. It's like, dude, you're riding at like four watts per kilogram. We just caught you. That's Swift. Like, after leg snapper, you guys went up way faster. Anyways, Swift right. is fun. Um, tune in. To tune in and have a great time. <laughs> great time. Nick's had a few drinks, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm talking like Rick from Rick and Morty. Yeah. Well, he's always had a few drinks. Okay, so PTO Championship. We have one of the pre-race. We don't have any of the pre-race favorites. We have some people here who are participating. Cody Beals going to win. What? Cody Beals. He's he, staying in my home. I think he could be in the top 10 for sure. Like with a really good day, the way he's been training. Top. And here he is with his what up brother i do Here's whatever the, appearance Cody's, and he's here hey. Cody squeals deal this is awesome we don't yeah. even have to start a new recording he just walked in yeah i heard you guys talking about me as a favorite for the podium <laughs> but in all seriousness cody has been training super well here he's 
I would call it lifetime best swim shape. I don't know what he's going to say, but what do you think, Cody? Well, we're doing an interesting experiment where we're seeing if two weeks of perfect training can make up for 48 weeks of terrible training. And uh, so far, it's actually off to a great start. No, we're, ha we're having a really good camp, actually. I've, I've been training better than ever, sleeping better than ever, and uh, working my butt off in the pool, and it's paying off. So I'm like 33K the last week. Whoa. That, that's a little different than your uh, three swims a week, no warm-up straight into five by 400 on 530. I know, I know. I've been training like a madman. I'm actually on a balance board right now, getting some training in, some subtle core while we're on the podcast. Yeah. Awesome. Whoa. That's the way to do it. <laughs> so, okay. We've kind of talked about, you know, what our lead up's been like. You've mentioned yours. Do you think like the fact that everyone's coming from a totally different situation? Like some people were like, not racing at all this year and then smashing it once for this race. Some people raced a bunch. What do you think is that going to bring like an element of unexpectedness in the competitors? Or are you not really thinking about the competitors too much? Cause just everybody's going to be so good. It's going to be tough. You're asking me, I'm asking you. Oh, I think that, so my, my prediction early in the pandemic was that people who were trying to stay really fit the entire year and race as late as December as we are, we're going to be getting pretty tired at this point. So I think we're going to see that play out. Like even in a normal season, we typically see late season racing. There's a lot more randomness to it. It's unexpected. Sometimes favorites will pull out or fail to even show up on the start line or just be burnt out or injured or tired. So I think we'll see that dynamic cranked up even to a higher degree because of the pandemic and the havoc it's wreaked with everyone's plans. So I think people uh, like me that sort of took a break earlier in the year and now we're hitting it pretty hard. I think we're in a better position than some of those that were racing themselves ragged all year. Yeah. And the ones who had one good tune-up Ironman three weeks out. Yeah, so that's that's always great to have a tune-up Ironman four <laughs> weeks out from a short course race like this. <laughs> yeah, but one thing that's for sure is that there are a lot of unknowns. We actually don't know the, the full start list yet. We don't know the exact rules yet. What else do we not know? We don't know if our hotel rooms are going to have COVID. a kitchen or not. Air conditioning, showers. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a little miffed about uh, the draft zone not being announced yet because, like, frankly, I don't know about you, Jack, but it would dictate my training a little bit if it's 12 meters versus 20 meters. Yeah. If it's 20 meters, I really need to get to work harder on the bike. Yeah, exactly. But we, don't, we just don't know. So we're just assuming – we're just going in ready for anything. And apparently all the IT guys are going to be super ready according to their Instagrams and their podcast interviews, but – We'll be ready. To you know what? I don't want to rip on the ITU guys too hard and get blowback from that, but do it. I've been as a, as a pro seven years oh, now. And every year I hear these forecasts that people, ITU guys are going to sweep in, especially at the end of an Olympic cycle and just make all the long course guys look stupid. And with few exceptions, it just never pans out. So I'm not buying the fact that they're going to suddenly come in and embarrass us all at this race. I think some of them will do great. I think some of them will do terribly. I think the long course guys will represent pretty well. There's more of you there. That's yeah. true. Yeah. It's not a good statistically <laughs> accurate sampling, is it? <laughs> uh, a lot of guys I feel like are really ch scared of like the ITU guys coming in and they're really changing their training to heavy swim, heavy run focus. Is that something that you kind of identified as well? Or are you still staying with a more balanced approach or, well, I don't know if Cody's approach has ever been balanced, but <laughs> it's been off balance but balance <laughs> man Garrick, it's like you're reading my playbook yeah that's that's why i swam 33k last week uh i should be working on my cycling harder than i am but i think that you could you could lose a race in the swim before the race even really begins uh with this many strong swimmers in the field 
So yeah, it's a bit of a gamble. Can I make the back of the front pack or the front of the chase pack or something? Yeah. And how do you think the format in terms of the bike course is going to play into it? Well, again, I think it really depends on that 12 or 20 meter draft zone. If it's 20 meters, the whole thing's just going to blow apart and into all these smaller packs. If it's 12 meters, we'll see more of a typical Ironman 70.3 dynamic where you have, you know, many discrete packs forming. And I think that towards the end of the bike leg, we'd see a huge pack merge together. Mm -hmm. So I think that that pretty subtle difference will actually really change how the race plays out. What about the bike staggering? Is that still going to be a two line, high line, low line system? Or is it going to be? I've heard rumors of a two, of a two lane system of like kind of 20 meters within each lane, but you could be 10 meters behind a guy in the lane beside you sort of thing. Um, so we'll see. That's kind of like, it could be a good version, a better version of the stagger rule, but we are really. Are men and women going the same day? Yes. Women are a few hours before. Can we just have a moment of gratitude to celebrate the fact that the uh, USCT stagger rule doesn't exist anymore? Because yeah. <laughs> that was just, I successfully avoided racing a, a course under that rule system my entire career. <laughs> it's the most stupid, ill-conceived thing by someone who has no understanding of race dynamics or aerodynamics. I'm just glad it's gone. It was so crazy. <laughs> I would like to call that a bitch slap. <laughs> well, just someone from USCT is going to send me a nasty email now. <laughs> For those listening who don't know what that rule is, Basically, it doesn't matter how far back you are from someone, you still have to be staggered. So someone can have five kilometers up the road and you still have to be staggered. Yeah, Nick, you said you almost copped the penalty for being like I a did. mile and a half behind someone, but technically right in their line, basically, not, not staggered. Was it was it within three seconds, parent to my uh, buddy who was refereeing, he's like, well, I was going to have to give you a penalty because the, the other CT head official was driving us around. You were done. Yeah, that one little air molecule that was still in their streamline helping you out there was really <laughs> giving you an advantage. Yeah. It was, it was Meanwhile, tough. in a lot of those races, you still have a lead vehicle like 30 meters ahead of the lead pro. So figure that one out. Yeah. Well, it's, it's really good to see rules starting to standardize. You know, we, we saw wetsuit temperatures beginning to standardize with the ITU and Ironman and now drafting rules too, hopefully. And I think it's good if everyone gets a consistent race experience and then at least we don't have to have a two hour pro briefing where people are arguing with the official about what the rule system actually is. <laughs> well, if you're ever in a briefing with Starkey, doesn't matter what the rules are. Yeah. All right. You're calling out names. Yeah. You can do that. <laughs> I don't know. I always look forward to races when Starkey's there. Cause he'll always say the exact fact based on what he knew the year before if he was there. He'd be like, well, last year this guy over the back corner cheated. So I, like <laughs> paying attention to him. Like, I love that. No BS approach. Yeah. I had my first virtual pro briefing experience before Ironman Florida and uh, it went really well. I think it's a good, good approach, but I noticed people were a little more brazen than they might've been in person getting to hide behind a microphone. Those victimless crimes. So, oh man, it was, it was pretty ugly. Oh, Nick geez. and I were texting during it. Like, Is this for real? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, okay. So you're obviously in a good spot with your training. I've been seeing you working really hard and having good workouts. What do you have for goals in a race? I know, you know, you probably don't want to set necessarily place goals, but what do you think is a good day for you at Daytona? Yeah, I don't want to sound like a cliche, but this race is 99% for fun, I'm saying. I put a lot of pressure on myself before Ironman Florida. Didn't totally pan out. You know, I finished fifth. Yeah, I went under eight hours. It was a very competitive race. You know, five of us <laughs> within pretty, seven minutes. Pretty good for you, Cody. It, it went pretty well, <laughs> but, you know, it's the first Ironman I finished that I lost. So by that measure, it was a bit of a disappointment. Anyways, uh, this couldn't be more different where my head's at heading into this race. It's a race where obviously I'm not discussed among the favorites. I was ranked 19th in the long course rankings. There's probably a dozen ITU guys that should be ahead of me. So the pressure's totally off. And 
I don't think it's any coincidence that I'm training and sleeping way better as a result. So I think if there's one lesson here, that's it. You know, I'm, I'm really at my best when I'm in an underdog type position. And uh, that was something I noticed earlier in my career. And once I started getting some wins, that was no longer, uh, it was a lot more difficult to deal with that pressure, I guess. So I feel good about that. In terms of actually putting numbers on what a good day looks like. Um, yeah, I think finishing inside the top 20, beating my ranking of 19 would be pretty awesome. I think a top 15 finish would be a smash hit. And, uh, you know, with this competitive field, anything inside the top 30, I wouldn't be beating up on myself. So one thing about the pressure you mentioned, I'm curious about when does that pressure seem to really grab on you? Because you've got a lot of pre-race, you know, going into the race based on winning it before that you're a favorite. So how does that really start to affect you in your headspace? Because I can imagine all these Daytona favorites are going through that same thing. So when's it grab you? Well, that's a good question. It's not so much that I'm fixated on the actual pressure of people expecting me to do well. It's more subtle for me. It just kind of my headspace starts to tip a little bit negative leading into the race. And it's not necessarily all bad. Like it can kind of focus me and sometimes that anxiety can be channeled in a productive way. Um, but often it manifests in me not sleeping that well. And that's a pretty short track to starting to mess up my training. So that's one of the things I've struggled with the most in terms of dealing with pressure is being able to sleep consistently and well and the impact on my training as a result. Okay. So what about when you're in the race and let's say you're at a particular point when you might be leading or you might be chasing, how do those two things, different mindsets when, or mindsets when you're running from the others or when you're trying to catch back up, how do those things affect you when you're seated so high? Yeah, that's a good question. And I might differ from some other athletes there. I've always maintained like my mental game in the race is fantastic. I don't doubt myself. Once the gun goes, I'm in my element. Uh, I'm feeling, I'm feeling great most of the time mentally it's before the race. So I, I really struggle getting to the start line psychologically in one piece. That's kind of where I tear, tear myself apart. Um, during the race, that's always been my strong suit. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And I think with a finely tuned mind and body, you know, like we're used to see, being around with you, bud, that it's obvious you turn <laughs> that shit off. Real quick. Oh, let's be real, Nick. You've seen me have some, some bad days and some meltdowns. <laughs> I saw you. The big debate this camp with meltdowns was about tires because <laughs> oh yeah let's talk about tires guys we had a situation where first bike workout after i arrived here so obviously pace was going to be on because people were just trying to rip me on the bike and nick and i took off and cody just didn't didn't keep up and he was not feeling good and then it was all about the tires and how slow they were nick and i were like ah tires don't make that much of a difference can i also just add this was a, a whole seven days after ironman florida Yes. So that. that might've had something to do with it, but we were talking, so there, do we, do we have to name the tires? Do we want to keep this brand agnostic? Everybody will know Famous that. garden hose tires that lots of people <laughs> like to use. Lots of age group triathletes. That don't I was like, guys, easily. these tires are fully 20 watts slower. That's why you're dropping me. And Jack and Nick are like, Oh, shut up. This is BS. You're lying. <laughs> and then sure enough, they have a, a hard shell. Do they? Oh, you might be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> they you got rhyme, it. <laughs> with <Schmiedersmann>. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so we looked it up on trustybicyclerollingresistance.com. Sure enough, 20 watts slower. Yeah. And I, when Jack's riding that well and Nick's riding that well, I don't have those watts to burn. <laughs> so the next hard workout I did outside was just Nick and I and Taylor, and I used the gator skins. And I'm like, ah, it's probably like two watts. And it was a lot. Uh, it, was, it was tough. It made me push myself a little harder to keep up, that's for sure. But anyway, Jack has had like 13 this? flats so far on the camp. Four. 17. No one has flatted on the Schmader Schmins. So <laughs> that's true. It's true. I've had four flats all on faster tires. Jack runs the um, 
Continental GP millions. The fives. It's whatever. It's whatever is like too old to be a good race tire anymore. I, I demote that to a training tire. And unfortunately, they're not that good in the Utah Just, glass shoulders. Yeah, training around this area. I made a note for next year. Anyone listening who's planning to race 70.3 St. George or the Ironman here might be worth running sealant or running a little slightly more robust tires than normal because people here just toss everything out the window. I think I saw literally it looked like a whole toilet fell out of the back of a truck and just <laughs> broken on the shoulder. <laughs> yeah, it's organic toilet. <laughs> Decomposed. You know, during the race, they do sweep the shoulders profusely. So we're riding on these, I don't know, five feet wide shoulders that catch all the all the debris and there's like a tiny little isolated window of opportunity to ride on yeah jackson doesn't know how to do that well nick got a flat too so you can freak off i did it on purpose to fit it <laughs> jack and i have both been facing our fears on some of the descents here oh, that God. nick's taking us on nick's filming riding with one hand filming with one hand with his gopro <laughs> swerving around jack and i are white knuckle hanging on for dear life <laughs> still bleeding time to nick so there's some work to do it's always been like a bit of an achilles heel for me and something that i'm pretty terrified of so i don't i want to stop avoiding courses just because they've got a, a scary fast technical descent you know it's common well yeah i mean the one we went on, on the weekend was a cliff and i literally had to get off my bike and i had like a bit of a panic attack because i hadn't seen anything like that and i was just like freaked out and nick told me nick didn't tell me yeah he did but i didn't I listen did too. <laughs> I said, hey, just so you know, we're going to be getting a headwind and then a big old downhill. The cliff part is the part that I was just freaked out about. Well, that's you have a legitimate level yeah. of PTSD from but the crash last year. That's a good – now, we're going to go back there, Cody and I, and we're going to go on that descent at a reasonable pace. Gonna and We're, we're going to do it a couple of times. We're going to work our way up to, like, a normal speed instead of – I feel like I have a, a small level of PTSD around descending, and I didn't even crash. I just had a very near crash at uh, 70.3 Worlds in Austria in 2015 when my front tire blew out. And that, even that was enough to kind of scar me when I'm descending. I always think back to that moment. Dude, this is scary. Sounds like a gun goes off when like, in that situation. Yeah. So, Jack, I just I admire you for getting back on the bike and then racing the crazy Canadian Pro Tri Champs with 130 whatever turns. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, it went, I, I didn't think I had any, any rem, remnants from that crash until this, this trip here. So, got to work on that. You just mental game, hug, didn't you? I gave you a hug after that and you felt better. <laughs> That's true. We got to have a hug for me. We learned that Haines City was canceled too. There's lots of hugs going around. Oh, the house. Hugs. Yeah. Cody, were you planning on jumping into Haines City after PTO? I was thinking about it, but I actually booked my flight home the day after PTO champs, hedging based on the fact I figured this race would get canceled. It's your fault. So, yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry for bringing down that bad luck on you all. <laughs> you put that evil on me. Well, I blame you for all of COVID now. So. <laughs> <laughs> all of it speaking of that we should probably touch on just briefly we haven't talked about COVID forever cases are going nuts it's ridiculous just you know everybody maybe try to do stuff on your own for training i mean we're living together right now so we're not exactly crushing it in that department but it's going crazy so let's try to get things going back to being safe for next year or the vaccine can just take care of everything that'd be nice too nope it's gonna I'm telling you, you've seen the movie I Am Legend. You better watch out with that vaccine. <laughs> He's just joking, guys. He's joking. <laughs> There's a, no, there actually is a movie you should watch called I Am Legend. Then. But isn't he the vaccine? I Am Legend? He is the vaccine? No, no spoilers, Garrett. Jesus. <laughs> All right. Drag this topic. I was, 
I was actually pretty impressed with Ironman's COVID protocols at Ironman Florida. I don't know if you've already talked about this, Nick, but they were, they seem pretty, they seem pretty solid and evidence-based. So that's all I'm going to add to that. So I feel like I'm thankful we have a way forward and a blueprint for racing next year. So I'm more confident racing will happen next year, even if vaccine rollout is only partial or not happening. Yeah. And I think that's actually bringing, talking about COVID with the PTO champs, have they kind of discussed with you guys the protocols they're putting in place for if it's going to be like a bubble or whatnot? Um, a little bit. So the things that we do know are that we have to get a COVID test prior to arriving uh, within 72 hours that has shows a negative result. Then they will also test us at least once race week. Um, so that's obviously a good thing there. Obviously, all the basic things like um, with social distancing during the event and masks and any any kind of interactions, but they haven't really talked a whole lot about the race itself or how the age groupers and the pros are going to interact or who can watch the race, things like that we haven't really heard yet. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be pretty small. I think their main goal is just going to be to keep not a ton of people there, but have you heard anything beyond any of that, Cody? I initially assumed it would be like the NFL bubble approach, but I don't think that's the case. Uh, just because we're, we're staying in hotels and we have to grocery shop and get food and stuff. So it's not going to be a totally contained bubble as far as I understand. And they don't have a swim facility that we can use at all times. Like we're going to have to be going out to a pool. So I don't think there's going to be the bubble situation going on. Hmm. Oh, okay. That's interesting. So what, how far out are you guys arriving? They wanted us to arrive six days out on the Tuesday. And then I think they even modified that to ask for the Monday. Yeah. So probably everyone's showing up on Tuesday. Cause they asked us to change it like a week before we're leaving basically. So pretty long, like there's going to be quite a bit of media obligations and stuff. So it actually should be really interesting for anyone watching. There should be a lot of clips and stuff that they play throughout the race. And then probably a lot of like pre-race, uh, interviews and just pro panels and stuff going on. So well, they're going to be trying to get content for the next year too, because how often do you get this many top level competitors in one area? They're going to have to milk. It. Yeah, they should. That'd be smart. So they're giving us obligations every single day. So that's going to be, you know, this is part of making the sport more professional and really trying to bring it to the mainstream is you got to have more, you know, just more interesting social, not just social media, but media and content to produce. And if you watch tennis or golf or anything, they have a lot more interaction with the pros that goes on when the event isn't taking place. And that's, I think what they're going to try to hit on. I think, I think you're going to be highlighted as the best handlebar mustache. Oh Jesus. <laughs> just so you know, I'm posting a picture of Jackson's handlebar mustache. It's not handlebar. This is a Fu Manchu. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. This is, yeah, you can't pull off. Can't handlebar. I'd have to grill that for about so, yeah. a year. <laughs> Jackson Fu Manchu. I'm going to post it on Instagram. You got to check it out. See, see. And then we'll put votes or not. And let, maybe we just, maybe we just put it to a vote. Yep. Okay. We're going to put it on the vote channel. Maybe, my vote. maybe I got to do that. We could do a who, who wore it better. Yeah. I don't see why you wouldn't keep it for Daytona. Um, the hydrodynamics, the aerodynamics, the me looking like an idiot. Um, Marcus Quids had a mustache and he's one of the most winningest swimmers in history. Oh shit. Garrick, Nick and I are all rocking like the close crop beard. I think that's the happy medium where you don't add a lot of drag, but you get the, the plus five to 10 watt bonus just for being, for being a man. Being sexy. <laughs>
Oh, God. Just put a pair of Wranglers we'll see what happens. I'm at least going to probably keep it at, for the Zwift race this week. So we'll see what the reactions I get on that are. If it's positive, we'll, we'll uh, go from there. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's going to be positive. All right. I think Nathan Killam might come after me. He might be like, dude, that's my thing. I'm you, sorry. I know. I think he would love it. He's the kind of guy who would get behind another Canadian with the same facial hair. And the same bike. Oh, oh shit. That's Jackson right. Jackson Killam. Oh. <laughs> Nathan Laundry. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, already. Pretty sure he has a wife, guys. Let's calm down. <laughs> no, we're brothers, not come on. What were you thinking? <laughs> come on, Cody. Don't make the obvious joke, guys. All right. Any other any other things you want to ask Garrick, this beautiful tall Specimen creature we have with us? Species. <laughs> what was what was your nickname for me, Nick here? Still still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's true. You guys are all short except for Cody. Well, he's also standing on another. <laughs> I'm not sure. Board. This is my normal. Cody height. doesn't believe me that I'm five nine and change. Doesn't uh, believe. Me. Jack, you're not. That that's another topic to rip on. Pro triathletes and their height and weight. <laughs> the yeah. most accurate self-reporting ever. Just as a rule of thumb, ladies and gents, you can always knock two inches off self-reported height and add five to ten pounds to self-reported weight if you want to get the truth. <laughs> uh, advertising, folks. <laughs> Cody Beals, we're going to go check your bio out next and see how accurate you really are. Well, the, the truth is, I'm not even quite six feet. I'm a hair under six feet, if you want me to be honest. But So, so you, you probably, your bio says 6'3", then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are we talking ITU inches or imperial inches? Yeah, they're all, they're all like 110. It's like, I'm 5'11", 112 pounds. Like, actually, some of them I'm pretty sure are. But. <laughs> Stilts is pretty far near. <laughs> it's hard to tell with the ITU guys because when they're all, it's like cyclists too, when they're all on the screen together, you think that they're all like average sized people. It's true. Oh, yeah. Football players, they're the biggest thing. And when they go to, to the reporter afterwards, and they're like looking down, way down there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. It is true. So, anyways, Jackson's keeping the facial hair to spin beside him. Okay. Well, uh, we'll see. We'll see if, if, well, yeah. I think you should do, and then in, on the back of your head, you should shave the real triathlon podcast. Oh, Jesus. Uh, so you got to sell off that space, Jack. That's marketable space. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to pay me for that, Garrick? Well, it's your podcast too. So we can I, split it. <laughs> I got, I got a solution. <laughs> it's going to, nope, freak off. <laughs> okay all right well cody thanks for jumping on with us here my pleasure this is appearance number three on the podcast cody, so what, I, guess, yeah. I guess you guys like me what did we even talk about <laughs> on this episode did we hit any major points that well yeah asked me if i wanted to be on the episode about five minutes ago so <laughs> no i'm just trying to recap for myself <laughs> i didn't have time to knock on my the pto race <laughs> race is getting canceled a little bit of zwift Tires. A little bit of mustache, tires, tires facial hair, camp banter. For a while. Cody's in great shape, and he's going to come. I'm going to say he's coming 14th. Oh, now the pressure's on me. I'm going to be a full-time insomnia. <laughs> Cody, I think I'm going to do you one better. 13th. <laughs> that was good. We applauded. I have one closing question. Did you or did you not have a betting pool that I was going to drop out of training camp? There was no official betting pool. <laughs> I, to- I told that. Yeah. <laughs> Not me. That was your idea. Yes, you told me. Okay. Where's Taylor? 
I want to get that. We're going to have to lower the desk height a little bit here. <laughs> lower bring it. the desk down so I can fit, or I get to stand on the Taylor, wall. You can come on the podium. <laughs> see, now, now we can see. Now we're like the same height. Yeah. I just needed two more inches. <laughs> we all like need the it. Like the Bang Theory. Everybody's 5'7". Yeah, I actually am 5'7". <laughs> see, his, he's, he's not a faker. I'll tell you. All right. So we have Mr. Cody here. We now have Mr. Taylor Reed, also competing in PTO Champs Race. Me and him are going to be slumming it in the Civilian Hotel. Yeah. While Cody's in the Ritz. His, so. his one has actual like race cars in it. I've been there. Oh my god! It's gosh. really cool. Do you get rooms based on your ranking? I'm Correct. pretty sure because yeah. we were both unranked, like not top forty slash. Yeah, we made it in. We other got in ways. Somehow <laughs> we just knew the right guy or whatever. Cody was in there based on his rank, so that's what we're going with. So, Cody said, "Cody said you're going to finish sixty first. How do you feel about that?" <laughs> I, that means I don't get paid, so I'm very insulted, Cody. <laughs> well, if Cody comes 62nd, then that's it was either okay. 61st or 16th. We're not sure. <laughs> yeah, we're not sure. Just, well, yeah, I'm dyslexic, so 61st turns into 16. I can I can get behind that. <laughs> well, whoever loses out of 3D has to shave your head. <laughs> oh Jesus! Pull all the way down to Bict. Yep. Yep. I want to see some shine. I would probably get. I'd probably get dumped. And it has to be. It has to be done by Evil. <laughs> but yeah, so we talked about some COVID stuff. We just we talked about the race a little bit. Yeah. You've been to Daytona, so what? Like, do you have anything that you think people are going to be caught off guard from that course? Like, is it really tough uh, to hold arrow on that pancake that flat? That? <laughs> yeah, the mountain climb coming out of T one. I uh, know, like to be honest, we're not even on the bank. Like, don't even think like we're getting up on that. 32 degree bank that cars are going like 300 miles an hour are going to hit we're actually racing on the service road that's like the emergency access um so imagine like a track for cycling it's actually that little lower part that no one even races on um so that we're pretty much flat but the big thing that actually caught a lot of people off guard is your hamstrings are wrecked because you basically are sitting in tt position for whatever an hour 50 now i guess probably an hour 40 somewhere around there so that like we had guys like getting off the bike, stretching halfway through the run because their hamstrings just blew up on them. <laughs> I think I might just do a six-hour training ride where I just stay arrow constantly. I think that's a good idea. I bet yeah. hundred thousand dollars you can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I would take that action as long as I'm allowed to pee right no, on the spot. No, you said you can't not move and get no. Nope, I could just pee on my bike. Pee on the yeah. bike while you're you riding. Can't, you can't even shift. You can't shift up. Two degrees higher than your current position. Oh, jeez! Oh, Don't you dare! <laughs> Don't even bet. try. But anyways, try bet things you can't back up. That is back on track here. Good point from Taylor. I think yeah, that is something that it's. I've never done a race. I've done some races that are pretty flat, but even when you're on a flat course there's always a little like well, overpass a or usually something. at least like at least or there's turns. a corner like yeah. you don't even turn like you don't get out of arrow unless you're coming out of transition or going into it so Jeez. ours was only 60k back in the day until they added it to like what 80 now or something but yeah i remember uh who was it? i think it was um jason, jason west, west. yeah he basically got off the bike and then started stretching in transition and then he ran well <laughs> Yeah, and he's he only had done a couple half, so yeah, not surprised. But that's a great point. Like the ITU guys haven't gone oh, air yeah. over that long, and to be only on a completely flat course is going to be tough. Uh, I think we are going to see some like 
top competitors, at least a couple that just don't do because they just end up cramping up or just completely. Field normally a pro field is what maximum of forty. Yeah, forty max. Yeah, and now you guys are gonna have sixty. Yeah, so forty would be worlds. Most courses are like twenty five. Yeah, it's gonna yeah. be a very interesting uh, paradigm too, with or not paradigm, but a different yeah situation. Field. Yeah, yeah. There's always gonna be someone around to push. So I think the result is gonna be a lot of people going out really hard because there's just you know jockeying for position, even if you're not in a pack. Can so, somebody? Yeah. So odds of getting lapped. Oh, very yeah. high, very high. What I happened? got lapped in six for 60K by Lionel once. Okay. So I, I would be shocked if there was zero lapping. Oh, yeah. there's going to be lapping yeah. for sure. And you've got... They'll be lapping strong... the swim. Guys will be able oh, yeah. to lap by the time. <laughs> they'll be lapping the swim. I'm glad you reminded me of that, Taylor, because I'm just going to be obsessive with Arrow in the next week. Yeah. The last big week. Like... Personal thought would probably be like if you're in a group, like just sit up if you can, like stretch out the back for that one second here or there. But yeah, it's pretty much stay arrow as much as you can. <laughs> and it depends on the drafting too, because yeah. if it's 12 meters, that's different than 20. Yeah. Which we touched on with Cody. So if it's 20 meter draft zones, like you can't get you gotta just keep yeah. freaking hammering in the arrow, and that's gonna be tough. But it's yeah, crazy, man. I'm pretty sure I cramped putting my shoes on last year. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, but it's really cool. Like from all the like banter they were saying, like apparently we're gonna come down like almost like a tunnel into like the swim starts where they're gonna be able to like have the camera on us and we get to do our big like rawr pose or whatever you wanna do. <laughs> uh yeah, so that'll be pretty cool. Um actual like NFL or whatever you wanna call it. I guess probably NASCAR more. Like they're copying everything from NASCAR. So yeah, that's pretty wicked. Yeah. Man. Yeah, talk to us about your training going into this race. I know some guys are really approaching it differently. We kind of talked with Cody how yeah, really focusing on the swim and the run. Where, where um, to be honest, like uh, nothing's really changed compared to like seventy point three. Like, yeah, pretty much everything's the same. You have to run two pretty, seconds per k faster yeah. in the intervals. Yeah, like that's about it. Like, yeah, it's like we've maybe been upping the intervals a little bit, like more sharp, but really all that's happening is I'm just feel fitter. So it's like, we usually do an eight minute, like four by eight minutes on the bike. And usually it's like, say three twenties. Now I'm like aiming for three thirties or something like that. Um, and then my run's been pretty crap here, but finally I ran fast on like the track yesterday, got a new pair of shoes. So that really helped. But then like, we're at like 3000 feet, something like that. Yeah. So I think, I think I can't breathe properly. At least that's what I'm blaming. The house is at like <laughs> 2,600 feet and then yeah. lots of other parts. Like, we went on a ride on the weekend where we got up probably at, like, 4,500 mm -hmm. or more. So, it definitely makes a bit of a difference. Um, hopefully, when we, even though it's not high enough to be considered, like, altitude training, I do think, like Nick was saying, he notices when he goes back down to yeah. sea level, you just feel even like you have a little like bit more oxygen. Like, it's worth it. Yeah. So, that's what so we're hoping cool. for. But yeah, I think uh, race-wise, it's just, like, we got to keep going until it's done. Like, I really just hope that everyone races, like, even if it's for first or, like, 59th and 60th i want to see a sprint finish for that i know we had a couple of sprint finishes oh, at God. worlds that one year for like 19th and 20th which is like nothing that would be good this yeah. time because at yeah. least those two spots oh, are real money yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> so but no i i think i hope to see that too because with the 40 with the 21st to 60th not having different paychecks i think a lot of guys could mail it in but i'd like to see a real race because you know people want to see a real race and you know Give it your best. Nobody else yeah. is racing again this year. All the races are canceled. So yeah, might as well exactly. just empty the tank.
Yeah, that's a good, good job, boys. This is it, really. It's the most important race of the year. The only race. It'll be the most important race of the year for the next couple of years. Yeah. You can see. Yeah, let's get some speculation. Well, Nick. How do you feel this kind of jockeying for position with Ironman and Worlds like uh, Kona? Uh, oh. As a professional, this race will outweigh Worlds pretty soon, I think. Like, it won't have, like, 70.3 Worlds, I think, will still have more prestige for a spawn until we see some, like, actual, like, video numbers. But if this, like, if PTO really takes off for the PTO champs with really, really good, um, like, numbers for viewership. And a harder course. Yeah. I mean, it can't yeah. be done in a freaking speedway. Every yeah, every time. time. Yeah, it's a challenge. Yeah. Yeah, they need to, they're going to, that's the main thing they need to really highlight how much viewership they got, how much mm-hmm. exposure for the athletes. And then once the athlete sponsors see, oh, this actually has way more upside than Kona or 70.3 Worlds, that's where it can really take off because then you have people declining Kona for a PTO race. Yeah. Um, and I don't blame the sponsors because like the proof is in the pudding. You've got to show that you have a very marketable product before you, they can pay huge bonuses for it. So yeah. um, I think hopefully we're going to see that by next year would be great, but I think it might take a couple years. The other cool thing I think we might actually sort of see a side spinoff is um, uh, like NASCAR series. So like, I know Bill, the North American, uh, like CEO for challenge, he's really heavily connected to NASCAR and he wants to put on essentially like in a few years, 10 races on NASCAR circuits. So we could see literally like a challenge NASCAR series where like you get points for only those races, then maybe there's a NASCAR series champion or something like that. And I know they're pumping in lots of TV money. So that'd be really exciting. Any extra races with more yeah. prize money would be we can't say no. Yeah. So, you know, they used to have, maybe it'll be an Olympic distance series. Who knows? Yeah. It's just, it'd be great to, to get a couple more options out there for pros and PTO has been huge for doing that so far. Yeah. They did announce that challenge Miami in March. Oh is- yeah. I'm really excited for that one. Should yeah. Oh, sick. I haven't seen that. Yeah. I think it's uh the, yeah. Same idea. Like it's, I think not a trioval. It's still like a pretty flat course, but there might be a one turn. Yeah. Like it's a road course, quote unquote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> NASCAR <Cool>. road. <laughs> but yeah, so that's really neat. Um, I think that was funny how we actually started watching NASCAR just like at our, uh, like when we were in our quarantine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because like, oh yeah, we're going to be on a track like this. We should probably see how they do their thing. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. They yeah. actually push each other around the track. Yeah. That blew my mind. <laughs> But yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, Garrick, any other, or Nick, any other Taylor specific questions? Taylor Times happy. Tiny Taylor? Oh, we should ask Taylor. Taylor, should I keep the Fu Manchu mustache thing or not? Well, 100% for the um, Zwift race. Like, that's a no question. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll let you off the hook for the PTO one because, yes. I don't know, like, this is the biggest race of your year. Like, I'll give, I'll give you, like, the ability to choose, but I think, yeah. I think the crowd should have the final say. Good. good like, good. if you get, like, 100 followers just from the mustache, you got to keep it. Okay. <laughs> we'll see. There's, there's one vote in the column of me getting to look like a normal person, so I'll take it. <laughs> Think about every runner who has ever won NCAA champs who's been able to grow a mustache has pretty much had that exact mustache. <laughs> it's it's true. Yeah. So I should just like 
grow it during the bike and then have it appear during the run and then that'll just yes. send me. Okay. <laughs> so. Well, if you, if you could pull off like the rat tail, like cycling look, oh. you know, <laughs> then you'd have like the superpower of all the crazy past cyclists who have their massive tail of hair and then the crazy runner look and you'd be perfect. Oh my god. <laughs> All right, you guys are spinning off track. Let's end this. <laughs> I agree. Okay. Garrick, take us home. Well, you heard from uh race favorite, Taylor Reed. You heard from Jackson and his mustache, and you heard from Cody Beals as well. They're all gonna come one, two, three at PTO champs. Until next time, boys. Peace. Ooh. <laughs> I got ish to do Flying through the sky in my parachute Dancing on the couch like I'm Tommy Cruise On a one-man mission trying to see it through